Thanks for tuning in today. This is the third message in our December series, Christmas Gifts. Pastor Allen discusses the gift of peace that comes when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. Can you hear me? Right on. Well, we are so excited uh, about this Christmas series, the, the gifts of Christmas. And for, when we talk about the, the gifts of Christmas, the things that maybe come to mind are, you know, dolls and uh, maybe train sets, uh, maybe if you're a little richer and a little bit more sophisticated, iPods, iPads, uh, computers, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm, I'm talking about gifts that really matter, gifts that can't be broken, gifts that come all the way from heaven, gifts that come through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas is a celebration of Christ and the gifts that he brings, the greatest gifts ever given to humanity. Two weeks ago, Andrew spoke about the, the gift of, hang on a sec, the gift of hope, and then last week, Dennis Weeb talked about the gift of joy. Jesus, we discover Matthew 1, 21, at the very beginning of the gospel, the first chapter of the first gospel of the New Testament. She, meaning Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. This is how the gospel begins. This is how the, the New Testament message begins. It's a message of hope. And this message would have resonated with the people of Israel in a way that you and I maybe would find it difficult to understand. Because from the time that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, from the time that they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, there was no peace between God and man. In fact, humanity was eternally lost. That was the judgment. That was the sentence that God pronounced over Adam and Eve. And that was before they even sinned. God warned them, the day that you eat the fruit, the day that you disobey, is the day that you will die. But now, the angels are appearing to humanity and declaring the good news. There's hope. There's hope at last. A Savior is coming, and he's going to save people from their sins. Now, remember, the Jewish people sacrificed for 1,500 years animals hoping to atone for their sin. But now Jesus is coming along once and for all time to die for our sins, to take away our sins. One of the other things that the angel said is that Jesus is going to bring joy. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Hey, if you're a Christian today, then you understand what it is to walk in joy. When you became a Christian, you experienced that great joy of God filling your heart. Now, some of you, since that time that you were converted, uh, maybe have forgotten that, and you haven't been walking around with a smile on your face. So I'm going to just ask you to please humor me this morning and show me that you have joy in your heart. Well, some of you are smiling, some are like... It's too early, Pastor. (laughs) 
great hope, what a, the, the, great, the great reason to live, great joy puts a smile on our face. Well, this morning I'm talking about the gift of peace. Hope, joy, and peace. <laughs> that was good timing. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, for a lot of people, you've sung the Christmas carol, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Uh, you know what? When we talk about peace at Christmas time, we, we automatically assume that this is for everybody no matter what. Well, it's not, and that comes as a shock. In fact, it tells us clearly that it's peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the peace that comes to us as children of God, but I'm going to talk to you about how that is possible. How is it that we can please God so that we can experience that great gift of peace? Well, did you notice that when we as a society began to ignore Christ, the Christ of Christmas, that the stress and the insanity of the season began to increase? Has anybody noticed that? When things were simple, when we had a simple faith and a simple trust in God, people tended to be happy, happy with, with what they had. But the more we ignore Christ, especially at this time of the year, the greater our stress and the greater the insanity of the in season. Isn't that ironic? I would laugh at the irony of it all, except that it's far too sad. It's a sad, sad state that we've come to. We who are celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace have no peace because, in fact, we are ignoring the Prince of Peace. Who is the Prince of Peace? Let me ask that one more time. Well, hang on, wait till I ask. <laughs> who is the Prince of Peace? Jesus. Oh, it's pretty good. I'll see how the second service does on that. Yeah. The more we move away from Christ, the more depressing and the more hopeless and the more joyless life becomes. Pew Research has found that belief in God, quote, belief in God is good for you. Did you hear that? Yeah. Believing in God is actually good for you, they say. And not just in the eternal long run. In other words, not just so that you have the hope of eternal life. You're talking about belief in God being good for you right here and right now. So there's a powerful link, they say, between religious devotion and happiness, mental health, and participation in the community. Earlier this year, Pew found that actively religious people report being happier on average than both atheists and nuns, N-O-N-E-S. You know what a nun is? A nun is somebody who says, I have no religion. I've got nothing. They would claim no religious affiliation. So those who are Christian report being happier than those who are atheists and those who claim no religious affiliation. They discovered that the religiously observant are also less likely to engage in risky behavior, all the vices that you can think of. I don't need to go through the list of vices. I think we all know them. If you watch TV in the course of a day, you'll see all of them. And they say not only were, are they less likely to engage in risky behavior, but they are, are far more likely to join 
in with non-religious groups like charities, clubs, and engage in the context of a community. And you know that, this, this is what they're saying, they're saying there's a, a great loneliness epidemic right now. It, in fact, um, somebody was telling me that, I don't know if it's a British government, uh, I think it's a British government, they have actually appointed, or they did appoint somebody to be the minister of loneliness to deal with this. It's a big problem, people. But the amazing thing is when you put your faith in Christ, then your longing, your desire is to connect with other humans. Now, one of the things we say here at Cross Church all the time is that we were created for relationship. The only thing that matters in your life is your relationship with God and your relationship with one another. I have never been at the deathbed of anybody who said, in their, in their dying breath, oh, I wish I, I wish I had more money in the bank, or I wish... I, had, I wish I'd actually gotten that Ferrari, that Maserati. I always wanted one. Hint, hint, dear, wherever you are. That's <laughs> yeah, not going to work. What matters more than anything are the relationships with the people in your life, particularly your family members, your spouse, your children. You can be friends with the whole world, but if you're not friends with your, with your wife and with your children or your husband, uh, you've got an empty life. An empty life indeed. Well, this is the power of this relationship with God. Is it develops hope, it develops joy, it develops peace. Peace with God and peace with one another. This is what Christianity teaches us. You wonder, what is the use of Christianity? What is the use of going to church? I'll tell you. Come to church. Learn how to have peace with God. Learn how to have peace with one another. And you will have a peace that passes all understanding. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. This peace with God and this peace with each other that comes through Christ. So we have this clear and well-documented connection between an act of faith and nearly all the accepted measures of personal well-being. I'm telling you, folks, Following Jesus Christ changes everything. It's a game changer. Every one of those people that came down into the tank to be baptized today, they discovered the peace of God that passes all understanding. So let's talk about this for a moment, this gift of peace. And so here's what the angel, uh, this is what we read in Luke chapter 2, 13 to 14 about the angel. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast hope of others, that is the angel armies of heaven. They're praising God. And why are they praising God? Because of this good news. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now for the first time in the history of humanity, since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, angels are coming and pronouncing a major shift in the spiritual realm, a major shift in human history. No longer, the angels are saying, no longer will God be at odds with humanity. No longer will humans, or not all humans, will be enemies of God. This is what we read in Romans 5. When we're born, we're born enemies of God. A lot of people don't know that. When I'm dedicating a baby... And I'm going to be dedicating little Caleb Hack very soon. 
I hold a little baby in my arm, and it's hard to think, I'm holding in my arm a little enemy of God. (laughs) And some of you have got toddlers, you're convinced, yes, they're enemies of God. (laughs) The good news, the good news is that Jesus Christ sent his, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this earth to seek and to save what was lost to bring us back into relationship with God, where we would know the peace that humanity had not experienced since Adam and Eve had not sinned in the Garden of Eden. This is a new era, and this requires all the billions of angels in heaven coming and praising and rejoicing. Think about this. The angel armies of heaven. We're talking about millions upon millions. I I would encourage you, read the Bible and find out how many angels there are in there. It'll it'll blow your mind. But here the angel armies of heaven have come to announce the good news of the birth of Jesus, who has come to bring peace to us. Wow. Some of you, by the way, you'd say, Pastor Alan, what you're describing is not, not my life. I do not have the peace that you're talking about. I certainly don't have peace with God. I feel guilt and shame all the time. I always feel like there's a cloud over my head. I feel depressed and down. And I'm certainly not at peace with the people in my life. Well, you've come to the right place today because I'm telling you how you can have that peace and how that dark cloud can shift away from you and you can let the light of God's love shine down in your heart this morning. That's what you're here for this morning. This is what we call the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So peace has come to the earth. And I'm telling you, when I became a Christian, when I gave my heart to, to Christ as a child, I have, to, I have to be totally honest with you. I had no idea what peace was. I didn't really understand it. To me, it was a very uh, abstract idea. But when I gave my heart to Christ, when I felt that my sins had been forgiven, it was in that moment that I suddenly understood what real peace is. Because suddenly I felt all my sins washed away. I felt a a joy in my heart. And I felt now that all the guilt's gone, all the shame is gone, and I have got a direct access to God. It was in that moment that I understood what peace is all about. And by the way, that's the standard by which I look at my own life to determine whether or not I'm where I need to be spiritually. When I lack that sense of joy, when I lack that sense of peace with God or with others, I know that I need to get before God and I need to make things right with God. So... It says this peace, it only belongs to those with whom God is pleased. How do we find God's favor? How can, we, how can we find this favor with God? How can we please him? Because some of you, maybe you've worked your whole life trying to please God. Trying to, I'm doing good works, Pastor. I'm, I'm doing as many good works as I can. I'm trying to help my neighbor. I'm, I... I I give to UNICEF and support a child. I give a few dollars in the offering, Pastor. I'm really trying hard to find God's favor. How do we gain this peace? Well, there's only one way. It's by putting our faith in Christ. There's a beautiful picture 
of how we are able to come to God the Father, how we're able to gain peace. Jesus Christ is that bridge between humanity, a lost humanity, and a holy God. We, every one of us in this room, if we're totally honest, we understand the capacity for sin, the capacity for wickedness that every one of us has. If you don't understand your capacity for sin and for wickedness, then I'm, I'm pretty sure that you do not understand your need of Christ. When you've come face to face with who you are and your own capacity for sin, that's when you understand that you are separated from God and you need a way, you need to find a way to come to God the Father. Well, that's why God sent his son, that he might bring us to God that he might broker peace with God. See, you can't, you can't make peace with God on your own. People have been trying to do that for years. Why do you think on the earth today there are hundreds, maybe thousands, probably thousands of religions and cults are trying to find a way to make peace with God? And the fact of the matter is, they can't. And they work harder. And they engage in all manner of, of good works and deprivations and sacrifices. And Martin Luther, the monk before he became a Christian, used to beat himself with, with a whip, with little chunks of bone and glass in it. And he, his back would be a bloody mess. He couldn't even put on his shirt. It was so, so dreadful. Hey, the good news is that you don't have to beat yourself. You don't have to whip yourself. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. That is how you please God. That's how you do it. You please God by putting your faith in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever puts their faith in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. Wow! The writer of Hebrews tells us that we have access to the throne of God. We can go right to the throne of God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, because you put your faith in Christ, because Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And our sins are many. How many would agree with me today? Our sins, our sins are great. But God's mercy is greater. His love is greater, and he's brought to us a peace that comes from heaven. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? What a great present from God. Wow. Through Jesus Christ, we have peace. So you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and man, you're able to go right across that gulf, right into the very presence, the very throne room of the creator of the heavens and the earth, almighty God. It's through Christ. Now, I want to tell you, there is a malicious lie that our world loves to embrace. And here it is, and you've heard it. And they'll say, do you know that all religions lead to God? Have you heard that? All religions lead to God. As long as you're sincere in your belief system, that's all that matters. Hey, can I just remind everybody today, when it comes to truth, you don't get to create your own truth. You don't get to say, well, this is my truth and that's your truth. That's illogical. 
Anybody with a brain in their head recognizes that two opposing so-called truths can, cannot be true. So what we need, folks, is we need the truth. And we look to the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus declares to us that he is the only way to the Father. The multitude of religions in this world are trying to show us a way to come to the Father. But the fact of the matter is there is no other way to God than through Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor Allen, that sounds awfully arrogant of you Christians to say such things. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> I'm, the one that, I'm not the one that came up with this. This is what Jesus said. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you want peace, then you're going to have to do it his way. You're going to have to do it Jesus' way. Hey, Think about it for a minute. Just think about this purely from a logical perspective. If it was actually possible to come to God through a multitude of ways and means and roads, because this is the lie, all roads lead, all Christian, or not all religious roads lead to God, it's a lie. Because if that were possible to come to God through multiple ways, then Jesus died a horrific death for nothing. If it's easy to come to, if, it, if you could get to God through just any old way, then think about that. Jesus died on the cross for nothing. Why did he do it? But he died on the cross because it was the only way. Somebody had to pay the price for your sin. Somebody had to make atonement for your sin. Somebody had to die in your place so that you could live. Why? Because before Adam and Eve ever sinned, God promised them the day that you eat the fruit, the day that you disobey is a day that you will surely die. Who's going to pay the penalty? Who's going to pay that price? And Jesus, or actually God says, I will. I'm going to pay the price. And Jesus, the Bible says, came and gladly gave himself so that we could once again have peace with God. Wow. The day I gave my heart to Jesus, you know what I discovered? I discovered that Jesus is, in fact, the Prince of Peace. He is, he is the Lord of Peace. Before, 700 years before Jesus was born, a prophet by the name of Isaiah made a prophecy. And here's what he foretold 700 years before Jesus was born. In case anybody's wondering, this is absolutely God's divine plan. For a child is born. He's looking to the future 700 years from that day. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. What's his name? Jesus. And the government will rest on his shoulders. When we talk about the government, we're not talking about the Canadian government or the U.S. government. Although, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> we're talking about the government, the, the governance of this world and of our universe. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and... Wow! That is your Savior. He is the Prince of Peace. Only Jesus can bring peace to the human heart. Let me just share something with you. 
Through Christ, Christians enjoy hope and peace in the face of struggle, suffering, and even death. But what if you don't believe in God? What if you don't think that there is life after death? Can you still enjoy these benefits and, for that matter, pass them on to your kids? Well, it may sound like a silly question, but psychoanalyst Erica Commissar recently offered a very serious answer to that question in the Wall Street Journal. Can you still enjoy the benefits of Christianity and, for that matter, pass them on to your kids? And here's what she writes. I'm often asked by parents, how do I talk to my child about death if I don't believe in God or heaven? Her answer is going to blow your brains out. Her answer? Lie to them. She explains, quote, the idea that you simply die and turn to dust may work for some adults, but it doesn't help children. Belief in heaven helps them grapple with this tremendous and incomprehensible loss. How many know that children so often are smarter than adults? No wonder Jesus said, if you want to embrace the kingdom of heaven, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a child. She says, belief in heaven helps them grapple with this tremendous and incomprehensible loss. Oh, how intelligent. In an age of broken families, distracted parents, school violence, and nightmarish global warming predictions, how can we help our children? Oh, I know. Lie to them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to lie to our children. We don't have to make up fairy tales. We just tell them the truth. Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for your sins, to take away your sin. And if you put your faith and your hope in him, God will forgive you of your sin and you will be ushered into his presence and you will enjoy peace with him forever and evermore. Hallelujah. That, my friends, is Christianity. The truth, when you know the truth, the Bible says the truth will set you free. Commissar admits that a, Dr. Commissar, pardon me, admits that a godless worldview is inadequate for both navigating life's deepest sorrows and for accounting for life's highest joys. You would think that a serious scholar and scientist would rethink his or her worldview based on the evidence of peace. The fact of the matter is, we make decisions about whether or not we're going to follow Christ or not. We make, we make up our minds to reject God. And we, make, we have every excuse and every reason in the world. But the, at the end of the day, in the heart of hearts, we know there's something about this Christianity thing. There's something about the peace that Christians have. On our airplane flight home, the stewardess came to me and she said, do you always smile like that? <laughs> and I said, Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> Why? Because of Jesus. I have peace in my heart. 
If I know that if I die today, right off to heaven. To live as Christ, to die as gain. I have peace. Do you have peace? Do you have that kind of peace? That assurance? Absolute, utter, complete assurance. You die, you're going to heaven. I know, I do. Oh, it's not because I'm such a good person, although I'm not bad. <laughs> no, it's not because of that. It's I, because I put my faith in somebody who is perfect. His name is Jesus. It's because of him I, I worship the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Wonderful Counselor, Jesus. The gift of peace that's mine. The gift of peace that belongs to many of you here today. Hey, if you're lacking that peace in your life, I would encourage you, this Christmas, give yourself a present. Accept Jesus into your life. Say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Can't quite connect the dots, but I know there's something to this. So God, with a little bit of faith that I have, I want to, I want to put my trust in you and ask you to come into my life. Hey, you don't need a lot of, a lot of faith. Did you know that? You just need the faith that it, it's like the size of a mustard seed. How big is, how big is that faith? How big is that little seed? It's like the size of a poppy seed. It's like a little black dot. You, if, you, if you sneeze, it's gone. It's so tiny. This is the, all the faith that you need. God, I don't understand it, and, but I want it. I want what everybody else has got, what everybody else is talking about. God, I've been, a, I've been an avowed atheist all my life. And God is saying, it's time to give that up. Give it up. It doesn't get, get you anywhere. Embrace the one who died for you and enjoy the peace that passes all understanding. Look at this again. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Jesus teaches us how to have peace with God by putting our faith in Christ and following him with all our hearts. Folks, this pleases God. You want to know how to, how to please God, how to make him happy? Put your faith in his son. Jesus teaches us how to have peace with God, and he teaches us how to have peace with each other. How many know today that true Christianity, true Christianity is not just about having peace with God. It's about having peace with the people around you. Because if you don't love the people around you, the Bible is very clear, you don't have peace with God. If you don't love the people around you, you don't love God. In fact, that's what John says. In fact, John says, if you, if you say you love God, but you hate the people around you, you are a liar. Ouch. But that's the fact. Put your faith in Christ, and then start obeying the teachings of Christ. And what does Jesus teach us? He teaches us to love one another, no matter what. I can tell you today that in my life, my testimony is that I have peace with all the people in my life. There's one or two that are a little rocky, but I'm working on it. How about you? And I ain't giving up. And I know that this pleases God. 
the angels of army, the angel armies of heaven have declared peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. You want to know peace in your life? Put your faith in Jesus. And start following him. Start doing what he says. That's why I asked some of the people in the tank, are you going to follow Christ? Are you going to actually start putting into practice the teachings of Jesus? Because that's what it means to be a Christian. I don't care if you're baptized or dedicated as a baby. You have to actually begin to follow in the steps of Christ, loving all the people in your life. You pastor Alan, I do most. 90% of the people, I love them. 10%. (laughs) Hey, you want to know what real Christianity is? Real Christianity says, I'm going to love them all. Even the ones that hate my guts, I'm going to love them anyway. Why? Because I'm doing it as unto God. For the glory of God. And this is what brings peace to our hearts. I can go to bed at the end of the day, at the end of the night, and I don't have to be stirring or stressing about somebody that really, really gets on my nerves. Anybody like that today? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know someone like that? No, we're going to love them all. When we look at the babe in the manger, we've got to see not just... uh, a powerless little baby, we need to see the Prince of Peace who brings us peace through the sacrifice of himself. It's, it's Jesus. He's the one. You put your faith in him and follow him, then you'll have peace. The, the great gift that comes from God. Let me just close with this. Um, This, this inner turmoil is a big problem nowadays. When I started the ministry back in, in the early 1900s, <laughs> it wasn't such a big problem, but I'm, I'm, like, it's constant now. Like, almost everybody that's struggling, it's, there's a lack of peace in their hearts. They want to pass around, what do I have to do? How do I get this peace back? Huff Post tried to answer that question by, but they did a whole, a whole article on it. Ten ways to get peace of mind for the new year. Ten ways. Want to hear them? Go for nature walks. This is Winnipeg, are you kidding? <laughs> Number two, start budgeting. Number three, meditate regularly. Number four, join a fitness class. Number five, learn how to cook healthy dishes. Number six, get your home organized. Number seven, give up coffee. I thought you said we were going to have peace. What are you talking about here? Half post. Hire a life coach. Devote time to your goal every day. Commit to a cause. Ten ways to get peace. Well, I could think of probably another hundred things that you could do, but none of these things is going to do it for you. I don't need to give you ten things. I give you one thing. Jesus. (laughs) You know the answer before I said it. What smart people at Cross Church. Jesus. 
Put your faith in Christ. Start following him. Start obeying him. Start doing the things he told you to do and watch the peace of God that passes all understanding invade your heart. In fact, here's what Jesus' words were to his disciples before he went to the cross. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for this great and marvelous gift that comes to us through Christ. Father, may this Christmas be a turning point in our hearts and a turning point in our lives. Some have been resisting, resisting the gentle and loving prodding of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been drawing people to you. Father, may this be the Christmas when people surrender to you. If there are any today here, God, who don't have this peace, we pray that today would be the day of full and complete surrender, that this would be the day when they experience the peace that Jesus gives, peace of mind and peace of heart. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this marvelous gift. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell the person beside you, go embrace God's gift of peace.